You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner, presented by Randstad Rysmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner. Good afternoon. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner, and thanks for joining me for Career Conversations this Monday afternoon. I'm passionate about helping people thrive in their careers, and over the next 30 minutes, we'll provide tips and strategies to help you recover from a layoff, Find your next opportunity, update your resume, prep for an interview, or transition to a new career. With more than 40 million people currently out of work, I'm sure many of you have either experienced a job loss or know someone who has. And even if you are still currently working or now probably working from home, I'm sure everyone listening likely has some degree of uncertainty about what their professional future holds. And I hope we can provide some guidance to everyone to achieve success and growth in your careers. On today's show, we're going to talk about the jobs that some of you want to have, some of you hate to love, and some of you have no idea what's going on working for Uncle Sam, the federal and state government jobs. As always, if you have a question you'd like us to answer on air, send us an email at careerconvoswdlx at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswdlx. For a little background about myself, I'm a senior career coach with Ronstad Rysmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. I have over 15 years experience in career services and recruiting, and I've had my fair share of clients who told me, I think I want a federal job. I think I want to work for the state, but I'm not so sure. And that's why I'm so excited that we're bringing back one of our favorites. Linda Lee is a career coach and certified professional resume writer with Ronstad Rysmart. She specializes in resume writing for military veterans looking to transition to civilian, federal, and federal contacting jobs. She knows more about federal and state jobs than anyone, and I'm so excited for her to be back. Thank you for joining me for a career conversation today. Linda, say hi to our listeners. Hi, everyone. I am super excited to be here today, especially right here for July 4th, talking about federal employment and state employment, two of my two most favorite subjects. Yeah, one of the things that I hear all the time is, you know, when people talk about these types of roles, they're always talking about, well, I want to, you know, get the security. You know, I know that these jobs are going to have certain protocols. I know that the benefits are good. And there's a lot of people in this current climate who just really want to be giving back. And so they're saying it would be so great to, you know, work for the government in some capacity. And so I was hoping you could kind of kickstart this conversation with kind of getting into the mindset, you know, do you treat this differently from a job search in other areas? And so I'd love to get your take on that. There's definitely a different mindset when it comes to federal employment, but kind of the same guidance, just as you would with any civilian position, you want to do your homework. You want to understand federal hiring, federal employment, have a really great understanding so that when you do apply, you're competitive. What I really am interested in as well is that for some people, they think, oh, okay, you know, working for the state or working for the federal government, it kind of falls under the same umbrella or the same bucket. Um, But I know there's actually a lot of kind of differences and things that that you can do. Um, You know, you could be working for a state park or you could be working, you know, for the federal government testing water. And so I'd love to kind of hear your take on the differences between, you know, one and the other. With federal hiring, most federal agencies will post their positions on USA Jobs. Those who are not familiar with federal employment, that is the place to start. Almost every federal agency posts on USA Jobs, which is basically a federal job board. The difference is with state positions, 
every state is a little bit different. Some states want you to build one profile and apply for multiple positions, and other states want you to specifically tailor your experience, your profile, your resume for the position that you're applying for. So when it comes to state employment, we want to reach out to the state agency. A lot of state employment departments have courses that you can attend either online or in person in person where they will walk you through the process they'll tell you exactly how to be successful and how to secure that position in a state organization or agency with federal employment it's a little bit different only because with federal you have basically the same guidelines across federal agencies with the exception of a, of just a few in there most of them are looking for the exact same thing when it comes to resume format and also the qualifications, the basic qualifications. That's so interesting because, you know, a lot of people think, you know, that, that, oh, I wouldn't need to take a class. I just already have my work experience. Everything's there. Do you think that anybody ever goes into those classes and is like, oh, I already knew this. This is easy. This is a piece of cake. I have attended both federal classes for employment as well as state. And I will tell you what, every single class I've learned something new. And everyone that I've ever spoken to who's gone to one of those courses has taken away, has had a huge takeaway. It completely changes your perspective. The class is not to talk about your experience and what is relatable. The class is to teach you how to apply and be successful in their specific hiring process. Oh my gosh, that's such a revelation because I do think that sometimes people you know, you know your work, you know, that's one of the things that's a hallmark of job searching is that you know what you've done, of course, better than anyone else. And so I do sometimes think that when people look at classes, they're thinking, well, it's just a process, I can learn the process on my own. But if you're saying that everybody who's gone through it, including yourself has learned something, that seems like it would be kind of the first place to get started to kind of go through that work. Do you feel like there's other kind of prep work that people should do to kind of earmark things to look at? I, I wanted to add to something that you just said, and I think that it's really important, right? When we're talking about our experience from our perspective, we are used to what we do, we describe it in industry terms, and sometimes we forget the other parts of our jobs that are cross-functional. And so going to these state classes and federal classes, sometimes it just gives us a different perspective on our experience. And it also tells us what the agency or the organization is looking for versus what we think they're looking for. You also asked about how to maybe prepare besides going to these classes. The one thing that I recommend is for federal hiring especially, they have certain requirements for resume. And so one of the things that you can do to prepare for federal employment is to start a log of all of your previous employers, their address, their phone number, and also a point of contact. And sometimes people will say, well, I worked there 10 years ago. My supervisor isn't there anymore. As long as you have a contact number and then list your, your supervisor when you were in that position, typically that will be enough for employment verification. Yeah, and that can take a long time to kind of put that together. Um, well, so everyone sit tight. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk through the don'ts, the things that you shouldn't do, those kind of common mistakes um, to make sure that everybody is kind of navigating things on equal footing. So we'll be right back uh, with Career Conversations. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. 
Ronstadt Rise Smart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt Rise Smart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner. Presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Erin Rovner. Welcome back to Career Conversations, presented by Randstad RiseSmart. I'm career coach Erin Rovner, and I'm joined today by Linda Lee, and we are talking about all things state and federal government-type jobs. And so we kind of started to get into a little bit of the things that you need on your resume before. And so now I want to talk about the problems. And I don't mean problems with the government. This is not that kind of radio show. But we really want to talk about, you know, the mistakes that people make, you know, because it seems very simple on the outset. But I've had a lot of clients who are like, oh, something went wrong, or I didn't do this, I didn't do that. And I know, Linda, you've probably heard them all. And so I'd love for you to talk us through some of the kind of common mistakes that you see when people are doing this type of job application? I think the top mistake that kind of disqualifies people for federal employment is not paying attention to the job announcement. The job announcement is written in a way that can be overwhelming because they're longer than than our typical civilian job announcements would read. Sometimes people don't know where to start. And the best place to start is under qualifications or requirements. Um, under qualifications, typically one of them is U.S. citizen. Typically it's, you know, ability to pass a background check. But there are some other things that they ask as far as uh, certificates or degrees, things like that. They ask you to upload those required documents. And so if you don't upload it, then it'll show that you don't meet a minimum qualification. So that's one of the things that really um, trips people up when it comes to federal employment. The other thing is possibly applying for a position that you don't, that isn't open to the public to apply for. So there are different categories that the announcements will be posted under. And so we just want to make sure that it's a category that you qualify for, whether that's open to the public or open to current federal employees, things like that. That would probably be the second thing. One thing to note on federal job announcements is that you'll see a typically a GS position, let's say under pay scale, it'll say GS maybe nine or GS nine to 11, things like that. And so the great thing is that it'll typically show a salary range that follows with it. So it kind of gives you a little bit of insight into the position we don't see a, a lot in civilian employment. But that's really a place of focus too. The GS level, which there are other pay schedules under the federal system, but GS is the most common. And it is linked, let's say, to typically a experience category. So GS, let's say anywhere from GS1 to GS567 typically is a little bit more entry level. GS7 to 11 will probably require more specialized experience in the position that you're applying for. And then GS12 to 15 are typically more leadership, management, strategic level positions. So that's something to take into consideration when you're applying for positions as well. Under qualifications, also we wanna pay attention to specialized experience. Specialized experience is how the agency will qualify candidates for the positions. 
So when you're reading the announcement, there's going to be a duties section. It's going to talk about what people will need to do if you're hired, right? So if you're selected for the position, the duties will tell you what you'll be doing. Use that as a guide when you're developing the resume, but the qualifications, the specialized experience, the requirements, those are the sections that we absolutely have to address on our resume to show us qualified. Do you think there's ever been someone who addressed the duties but didn't put the specialized experience and still made it through the process? It depends because it, de it depends on how much of the specialized experience is listed within the duty section of the announcement. So it's possible that if you target it for the duties that you'll still qualify for the position, but definitely if there's a specialized experience or any of that information that's listed under qualifications, we definitely want to focus on those areas. Yeah. One of the things that I often tell my clients, no matter what type of job they're going after, is sometimes you just want to safeguard yourself. And with the specialized experience, to me, uh, while I think you're right, you can sometimes just rely on the duties, you want to make sure you safeguard yourself. That if there's something that doesn't come up in you going through the work you've already done, but it's something that you do have that specialized experience, you want to make it as easy as possible for them on the other side to be like, yep, Linda can walk through that door and deliver. She has that experience. Um, and so I always recommend trying to do both, but I know sometimes people, when they get into that resume zone, they're just focused on what they've done. Which brings me to kind of the next point that I really wanted to touch on, especially because they are so thorough. You know, you mentioned it's overwhelming, and I've, and I've heard that with many clients. I've had clients who said, you know, I had to walk away from my computer. You know, I took a look at it, Erin, and I was like, you know what, I need a time out. I need to go, you know, take a walk around the block and come back. And so then because of that, and because they are asking for so many specific things, I hear a lot of people who say, well, how do I stand out? You know, how do I make sure that my resume rises to the top of the pile? Because everyone's going to be calling out the same specialized experience. Everyone's going to be calling out the same duties. And so, Linda, I'd love kind of your take on this, you know, trying to make yourself stand out when the application seems like it's asking for things that are so super specific. One of the things that, that helps candidates really stand out is creating or, or following, let's say, a federal format or federal guidelines. With civilian resumes, typically what we find on there is contact information, a professional summary, some core competencies, and then a reverse chronological listing of their experience. Federal resumes are very different in that they require certain, certain items to be listed on there. Uh, typically, they'll ask you for the organization that you were working at, under your experience section, the organization, your title, They'll ask you for the month and year that you started, the month and year that you ended. They'll ask you how many hours of how many hours you worked in that position per week, and they'll also ask you for the address, a supervisor's name, and a contact information. So if if those are not on your resume, a lot of times you won't qualify for the position. That's actually written into the announcement. If you follow, if you scroll all the way down to the end under resume, it will typically ask for those items to be listed on your resume in order to be considered for the position. So outside of those required items on that federal resume, the other thing that you can do is add a cover letter. Sometimes that cover letter really bridges that gap. It's that warm introduction that says, you know, these are the things that you're looking for. This is the kind of person that I am. And I would be absolutely excited to be considered for this opportunity. It's just a warm introduction. It's a nice, it's a nice way to set you apart. Most people don't include a cover letter with their resume. So it's just something that'll set you apart. The other thing is breaking down your experience in a way that makes it very easy for someone to see that you are qualified for a position. One of the ways that you can do that is breaking it down by category. 
So let's say you're looking for a supervisory experience and it is in cybersecurity. One of the things that you can do is break down your bullets, group them, all of your supervisory experience under either a subheading or just kind of grouped together. And then another group of bullets that is specific to cybersecurity or technical experience that's going to be relevant. So what, it ha what happens is when someone looks from the federal agency, looks at your resume, within three seconds, they can see that you're qualified for the position. The other thing is to add a summary of qualifications at the top of the resume. You can literally, from the job announcement, it says qualifications, it says U.S. citizen. On your resume, you can write summary of qualifications, bullet, U.S. citizen. You want to make it as easy as possible uh, for them to see that you qualify. Also include the announcement and the announcement number and the position title on your resume. That also helps as well. I find that sometimes people feel uncomfortable copying and pasting from the job description. And I always tell them, you know, the person who wrote the job description, they didn't memorize it. So they're not going to be like, oh, Linda, you took that verbiage from me. Instead, they're going to be like, wow, that sounds really good. And you're thinking in the back of your mind, yeah, that's because you wrote it. You wrote the job description. I'm just copying and pasting it. You're giving them that verbiage. Um, I had a client once who they claimed to be at an interview and there was like a mission statement or something written on the wall. And one of the questions was like, describe what we do. And they were like, I was reading from the wall. And they were like, wow, you really get what we do. And, and later they kind of confessed and were like, I cheated. And I think that's what people think when they see that job description and they think, I can't just put the same things they asked for in the job description, but this is truly a case where you can. And if you don't, I think it's more likely to work against you. And like I said, it's not cheating. It's actually worse. You're working against yourself if you don't do that. And like I said, I've never heard any agency anywhere, any state, any time that someone came back and they're like, well, I'm not going to call you in for this interview because you know you stole that language from the job posting. It just hasn't happened. Please write in if you've heard of that happening because I really don't think it has. And so with that, we're going to break for our next segment. Um, please join us uh, back again. We'll come back right after this break. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt Rise Smart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt Rise Smart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner. Presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Erin Rovner. Welcome back to Career Conversations, presented by Randstad RiseSmart. I'm career coach Erin Rovner, and I'm joined today by career coach and certified resume writer Linda Lee. So we have been talking all about federal jobs and state jobs. But Linda, I'd love to get your take on people who have never considered this before, you know, have never looked at USA jobs, who have never even set a foot in this area, you know, and some of them might be saying, hey, this sounds complicated. You know, you guys mentioned overwhelming. Why would it be worth it to take all of these steps? You know, what has your experience been with the clients that you've been dealing with? Federal employment, federal hiring is probably the most overwhelming application process that I've seen so far. I think the best way to be successful is to spend the time breaking down the parts. The Office of, office of Personnel Management, which is OPM, if you log on to the USA Jobs website, the office, OPM 
offers three courses to help people navigate USA Jobs in the federal hiring process. The first class is literally navigating USA Jobs. The second class talks a little bit about building your federal resume. And then the third class even talks about interviewing for federal hiring. So the resources are there. It can be intimidating, but spending a little bit of time working with it, you'll find that it's one of the actually ends up being one of the easiest because they tell you exactly what they're looking for and exactly what to put on the resume. The other thing is that federal resumes provide for more room to describe your experience, let's say. Civilian resume best practices lend one to two pages, maybe three for resume development, but federal resumes can stretch anywhere from three to five pages. And so there's a lot more room to really paint that picture that either that whether it's career progression, whether it's depth of experience, whether it's really being able to paint that comprehensive representation of your experience that's going to be most relevant to federal hiring. Once you kind of get over that initial shock of the hiring process and break it down, it actually becomes in a lot of ways easier than civilian employment. Some of the candidates that are that I, I really like to recommend for federal hiring include recent college graduates and anybody who doesn't know where to start their career. One of the great things about federal employment is that there is a pension available and federal positions are in every state that you work in. And so if you're thinking about a possible move, if you want to keep your options open while still being able to contribute time towards a pension, Federal employment is really great. You can work, you can start in California, you can move to New York, and your federal hiring will, your, your federal employment will follow with you. And so the earlier you start, the better. So if you don't know what you want to do, you're thinking about where to start your career, oftentimes I recommend federal or even state employment because it gives you those foundational building blocks for any career. And then if you don't know where to start, why not start with organizations that are going to help you build a retirement until you figure out what you do want to do? I love that. Um, and speaking of which, I know the holiday we just passed, uh, you had mentioned that, that veterans a lot of times go into uh, federal and state jobs. And so not that they're better suited for it, um, but it does seem like there's a lot of benefits for them as well. Yes, our, vet, our transitioning service members, veterans, there are certain preferences within federal hiring, including a veteran preference. And also there are certain hiring categories. If you have 30% disability or greater, and then also a combat campaign medal, things like that. And so veterans really are drawn to federal employment. It's also very familiar. <laughs> it's a familiar <laughs> environment for a lot of our service members, our veterans. And so they, they do um, move into federal employment. And then I had mentioned earlier about college grads. There are actually a lot of internships, federal internships that are available, that are only available, in fact, to recent college grads or, or college students. And so it's a great way to start building your career by taking advantage of some of these programs. Oh, I love that. So I want to change gears. There's a question that's come up from a few of my clients, and it has to deal with a gap in the resume. Um, for example, I had a client, they were in New Jersey, they were looking at state jobs, and they had taken care of their kids for I don't remember how many years, um, but it was a gap on their resume. And they want to make sure that they're, you know, not positioning themselves in the best possible way. But I know with the format being longer and everything, it, it feels strange to have that kind of gap. And so I was wondering if you could give us any thought leadership on, you know, putting together that application and addressing 
you know, a gap in the resume, whether it's, you know, taking care of childcare or being sick or elder care, you know, all of these scenarios come up, but I wouldn't want that to hold someone back from going after one of these applications. It's funny because a lot of these things that we perceive as being an issue is something that we kind of bring into the room with us, right? And for a lot of employers, yeah. gap that gap in employment is not as a, it, it's not as, it doesn't have as much of an impact as sometimes we think, right? And so with the federal resume or even in state employment, the gap is there. It's going to be there no matter how we present it. So either build a resume with the gap in it, which is perfectly fine, or another route to go is instead of listing your experience under professional experience, you can list it under relevant experience. And so then when the federal agency looks at it, they'll see it as a candidate only including the experience that's going to be most relevant to the position that they're applying for. And I do remember that um, with, with one of my clients, when she was talking to people, she was doing a lot of, you know, informational chats with people who are already working in a lot of different agencies. And nobody on the ground seemed to think that it was an issue. You know, you know, so many people actually dismissed my client that they were like, wait, why, what am I panicking about? As you said, I think it, it gets to be more in our own heads than anywhere else. Because I do think that the applications are tough, but at the end of the day, it's all people who are working there. You know, it's a, it's, it's certainly, it's a, it's a workplace where I think people are understanding and they're not expecting everyone to be, you know, working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, and would never take a break because everyone has kind of life circumstances that come up. Um, so I think that exactly what you're saying, the other thing is having that relevant experience does seem to position people, you know, in the right places. So I'm wondering if you could leave us with just kind of some of your top tips or things that you think people should think about as they kind of embark on this journey or think about going after some of these government type jobs. You know, what would your words be to someone who's just kind of starting down this path? Definitely start with USA Jobs. <laughs> One of the easiest ways to kind of dip that toe in the water is to search for opportunities available near you. Because there are so many jobs in the federal system that people never think about. We never think about all of the different categories of employment in federal government and the different levels of responsibility or leadership or technical experience that the federal government really requires on a daily basis. And so USA Jobs, you can search by city and state, and it will populate a list of positions available in your area. Sometimes that's a really great place to start because it'll give you some insight into those opportunities to begin with. And then the second thing would be to attend to those classes. And honestly, because it's going to make the process seem so much easier once you walk through the website with somebody who is who is in your corner, right? They're really there to support you. They even take questions at the end of the class. It's a virtual course, but it's live and they will answer every person's question, which is, is amazing. Um, from a federal agency, you would never think that, but they actually take the time to answer everyone's question. And then the resume class walks you through everything that's required on a federal resume. And a lot of times that's half the battle, right? It's just knowing, it's the knowledge. And then the third class for interview preparation. A lot of the interview is very similar to civilian interviewing, but it's still nice to kind of, it's kind of like if you were applying for a civilian position and you had an opportunity to sit down with their HR department. That's exactly what OPM is. And so it's, it's insider information on how to navigate the federal hiring process. 
So those two things alone will put you ahead. And it'll change your perspective on that. your experience and your experience that the federal government or federal agencies view as relevant. And where else do you get your own personal concierge to help you through with a job search? I love that. Well, oh, that's yeah. all the time we have this week on Career Conversations. Tune in next week where we'll be talking about work-life balance in the remote age. We're going to get you prepped for whatever is next. If you have a job search question that you'd like us to answer on air, email us at careerconvoswbox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswbox. Until then, I'm Erin Rovner, and I look forward to our next career conversation every Monday at 1230, right here on WBOX and online at wbox.com. Stay safe and see you next week. <laughs>